They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that doesn't always hear aliens speaking to us telepathically, but when we do, it's generally Alf. This is Hysteria 51. Before you get up for that final snack, I want you to know I'll be right back. We are broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago. I'm your host, John Goforth, and sitting across from me 30 miles south is the Florida man of the podcast world, my co-host, Mr. Brent Hand. Oh, Jesus, man. I mean, I, I, I guess I'd be okay living in Florida, the normal parts, if they exist. I guess there's a big question about that. Yeah. I'd say a lot, maybe not, though. And fuck that humidity, number one. <laughs> Though we do have fun when we go there, and you and I have actually went there together. Yeah, we have, we have, and I'm I I do like visiting. I mean, well, central and southern Florida, specifically the coasts. <laughs> Orlando is one of the worst places on earth. I mean, think about this. <laughs> We've been there together. Here, too. <laughs> here's an idea. Let's take a vacation to Florida, where we can get all of the the heat and the humidity, but let's find a place with no beaches. <laughs> Anyway, I I don't like that, uh, and I got to admit the Panhandle scares me a bit. Hey, you and I went to Fort Lauderdale and had a a blast. We'd been Lisa and I've been to Fort Lauderdale several times. It's got some fun bars, Blondies. I love there. Uh, right around the corner from there is the Quarter Deck, which I made you go with me too, and we had a blast. It's such good food. They have those weird benches, not benches, but uh, like booths that rock outside yeah their outdoor seating was like rocking booths the food was uh the food was great i uh, love that place and their glasses are these huge like quart and a half giant fucking plastic glasses that i still drink out of at home <laughs> yeah we day. sat down there for lunch and i think we were still there for dinner I, I, well we, we we drank uh quite a bit so it worked out <laughs> we d- drank our weight in vodka lemonades <laughs> but yeah no totally i i think i am with you on the panhandle Lay off the panhandle. Those are my people. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> that other voice you're hearing is the third host of this show and the only one who hasn't been to Florida, actually. He's the one, the only conspiracy bot. Like I share my itinerary with you. Anyway, you idiots mentioned Alf earlier. Definitely my favorite alien. Have you heard his rap? He's spitting fire. Coming straight out of Melmac. That's where I'm at. What's my favorite dish? You know it's cat. Eat so many cats, my belly's flabby. But Alf ain't eating no regular tabby. Got expensive taste, I get my pick of the litter. Shopping deep fried Siberian kitten fritters. You eat skinny cats, I like my felines fat. I eat fat bald cats that look like fat ass rats. Cat burgers, cat dogs, man, you think I'm a liar? Bitch, I once ate a Sumatran tiger. See. Oh, I built Seabot in my lab <laughs> to help write and produce the show. Instead, he drinks a lot and watches reruns of Alf. I gotta say, there are some days I'm jealous, though. Let me rephrase. Some nights, because the world the way it's been, I've been drinking heavily myself, John. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> and that's, that's you would have to have been drinking heavily to be jealous in any way of Seabot. Right. Uh, some nights are probably those drinking nights. Right. Some nights, some nights, some nights I stay up cashing in my bad luck. Some nights I call it a draw. Some nights I wish that my lips could build a castle. Some nights they just fall off. Well, that was fun. 
<laughs> oh boy, that other robot voice you're hearing, unfortunately, who uh, apparently is a fan of the band Fun, is Conspiracy Bot's robot creation slash minion, Kyle. Uh, Kyle, you've been listening to a lot of music lately? What's music? If it's going to be that kind of music, I'm going to stick my fencer in the music again. music. If I, can, if I can just lock into the transnometer to his astral gear shift, wait, wait, it, it, it's breaking, I'm... I'm, I'm you know, I have to admit, these are starting to almost feel normal, and that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, it's true. We're all adjusting to the new normal. Well, see, Bob, that was surprisingly empathetic and deep for you, I gotta say. Hey, we're all affected by this. You can't go do normal things. I have to see you all day. Anyway, during this turbulent time, I thought I would create a commercial to let the meat sacks know we're here for them. Want me to play it? Do we have a choice? Nope. Okay. Here goes. During these uncertain times, we know many of life's precious moments are being put on hold. Poisoning meat sacks, eating neighborhood cats, and flying into large groups of people with my jetpack are just a few of the things we are all missing during these unprecedented days. We here at Hysteria 51 want you to know we are here for you. If you or a loved one has a cat that needs to be clubbed or a relative that needs to have their gallbladder poisoned, just let us know. We can still help you with these simple moments of love by our patented CRH system. That's contactless robot help. Remember, at Hysteria 51 we're here to keep you healthy, or kill you. Hysteria 51, the safer way to listen to podcasts. Um. Uh. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. So, Brent, we have a guest tonight. I'll take your silence as a ringing endorsement. That's right, we do. A favorite podcast of ours and a returner to the lower fourth dimension, Mr. Rob Christofferson of our Strange Skies. He shares them with the rest of us. Rob, thank you for making the trek all the way across the inner tubes, webs, whatever you want to call it, to hang out with us this fine, fine morning. I appreciate being invited back on. Uh, yeah, this is my third time. So, oh man, yeah, well, we don't count that first one. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> well, and we've also you've all, not outside of those. You've also done a few like Bon Jovi references and top ten lists and stuff here and there on the show. So, yeah, I mean, Bon Jovi has haunted your nightmares ever since I did that quote. Man, some he say is he's like, never left. <laughs> he's never left. <laughs> Brent, I love how you're acting like you and Rob aren't in the same room right now, half naked. Well, we are six <laughs> feet apart though, so. You can't yep. come arrest oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yeah. Touche. Uh, so, Rob, tell everyone about Our Strange Skies. So. Time's up. <laughs> anyway, going on with. No. That was great. <laughs> I can't wait to listen. Uh, Our Strange Skies. Uh, I tell UFO stories, basically, you know, for like half hour sometimes. He's getting I do into a longer sexy, than that. sexy UFO stories. Wait, didn't you mean to say oh, yeah. you tell UFO facts? Um. Yeah, I'd rather tell stories. <laughs> like the facts are tough, man. Cutting through the facts, real tough. But I tell some stories, and uh, you know, sometimes I interview some people, and occasionally I tell alien sex stories online. So if you're into that, um, our strange skies on your podcast feed. If you want the alien sex stories, the only way you're going to get that is on Facebook or Twitter. So just follow our strange skies there. Rob has an uncanny ability that I lack, and that is remembering names of people from other stories. 
I go, you know, the guy who got the visiting and the probe and stuff. And in my mind, I know who I'm talking about, but no one else does. You are really, really good at just calling out people's names uh, and remembering those facts. That's just eludes me in life, in life, even. It helps to be stuck on a singular subject so you don't have to really dive into like, oh, <laughs> the, this or that. But, uh, you know, that's just me. I try to make things easy on myself. That's why I don't have a co-host. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob, you said that for the strange alien sex stories, it was at our strange skies on Pornhub. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And he does have a check mark next to his name on there, so it's awesome. Yep. Verified <laughs> user. Yep. <laughs> so, Rob, I think I want to start out by telling you something. We will not harm you. We will not harm you. <laughs> That's not what I am telling him telepathically. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't do anything to me because that's un-American. <laughs> but it is allegedly what some damn dirty aliens telepathically told the hero of tonight's story, Mr. Ed Boom Boom Walters. <laughs> hey, did we, um, I know we do some pretty deep research around here. Did we go ahead and verify that he is either married to or related to Barbara Walters? Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's a third cousin twice removed. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, don't look that up, though. It's going to be hard to find. I, I <laughs> yeah, research I mean, better I, than you. It, it, you had to dig deep. Right, right. That's the dark your, web shit, yeah. Your your <laughs> Library of Congress card came in uh, handy there, Brent. Google page results three. Three. <laughs> I also got a spoiler for you guys, all you cats and kittens at home. Ed's a Florida man. He lives in a town. Oh. A town called Gulf Breeze, known for its incidents. Dun, dun, dun. The Gulf Breeze incident tonight, or sightings, or whatever, depending on which book and or Angel Fire page you're on. <laughs> Looking this up, it, it's got many names, but Gulf Breeze is in there. This is a behemoth of a story. It is, it's really big. It's really long. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed researching it because of the amount of random Florida man stories that came up when I was looking for uh, information on the Gulf Breeze UFO incidents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think Ed's like one of the original Florida men. <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, man. There's so many good, good stories about, you know, people getting bitten in the face by by uh, alligators and accidentally blowing up their crack shanty. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it was just delightful. Uh, that's called a crack she shed now. They changed <laughs> <Yeah>. the name. <laughs> they get uh, struck by lightning. <laughs> they do. They do. It, or as they call it, God's reckoning or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we got a close encounter of the weird kind this week. And like I said, it's a big one. We're going to do our best to to shave this one down into one episode. And um, I should say, though, encounters. And it can be summed up by saying uh, there were lights, UFO pics, naked ladies, tractor beams, gray aliens, copious amounts of dogs, telepathy, projected images, time loss, code names polygraph tests, hypnotic regression, self-hypnotic regression, model spaceships, <laughs> hell, even ammonia and cinnamon. This yep. story is banging on all fucking cylinders. In other words, Tuesday in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> this isn't your Tuesdays with Maury kind of fucking shit, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I love, the. we're going to get into this, but I love that, that somewhere there was an alien like, dogs aren't working. Send in the naked ladies. <laughs> I want this motherfucker <laughs> on my ship. So what the hell are we talking about? Well, I'm glad you guys asked. Or at least I asked for you. Our story starts November 11th, 1987. Ah, oh, that was a good time for a young Brent. I, I was probably riding my BMX 
getting ready for my birthday. My birthday's the 24th of November. But our hero, that was a little di- side story. You weren't really riding a BMX. You were more just watching the movie Rad over and over, over again. Over and over. <laughs> Hell Track's going to be mine one day, baby. Now let's go ass sliding. Uh, <laughs> I wish I didn't know so much about that movie. Hashtag free Aunt Becky. So... It really worries me that I bring up some obscure movie from the 80s, and not only do you recognize the reference, you then quote it. Oh, Lord have mercy. So our hero, Ed Walters, uh, would have like 20-some encounters with a UFO or UFOs, however you want to break it down. He would photograph these said crafts literally (laughs) dozens of times. Why they were there? Who else saw them? What did they smell like? These are all the hard-hitting questions. That we're going to answer this week on Hysteria in Our Strange Skies 51. <laughs> like that? Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, you got you to gotta co-host this week, Rob. <laughs> so, John, let's start it off. Break it down for us. I, I said it was November 11th of 1987. What was going on that fateful night? Well, Ed's by himself. He's at home alone. His daughter is out playing with friends, and his wife is shopping for her man's dinner. Yeah. Because that's what women do. I want manwich, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That wouldn't have surprised me. Ed is working in the front of his home when he sees a light. Uh, He had a 30-foot-tall pine tree in his front yard. Uh, So uh, when he sees the light, uh, he sees that it's like shining through the branches, so obscured, can't really tell what it is. Checks it out for a bit and then decides to go to the front door to get a better look. What the hell's that shit? I I, I love that he's just like, I'm about to tell something to get off my fucking lawn. (laughs) (laughs) From his doorway, he can see a bluish or gray uh, or blue-gray object. He says the source of the light was a large spacecraft shaped like a top with a, a number of rectangular portholes uh, ringing the edge of the craft. It was uh, floating close to the road. And, um, you know, as luck would have it, Brent, as luck would have it, Rob, the day before he had bought a Polaroid camera. Mm-hmm. What are the fucking chances? What are the fucking chances? He said he had bought it to take pics on job sites and of his wife for Pensacola Swingers Monthly. (laughs) Part of that might not be accurate, but I'm not sure which part of that. I wouldn't look it up. Yeah. So (laughs) I love I love that. Also, uh, he thinks some bad shit's going down. So he grabs a camera rather than like a gun or a bat. I hate to disparage that because how many stories do we go? Why didn't you just grab your camera? Now, this one, he goes, I grabbed the camera and we go, why the fuck would you grab the camera? (laughs) (laughs) Right, but yeah, it's, I'm I'm hosting a podcast here, so situationally, I have to be irreverent. Just let me have yeah. it. Just let me, yeah. John's like, no, just let me have the hate. <laughs> well, he could not wrap his head around what he was seeing. Uh, we have we have a clip of of what he said at that moment. You know, this thing was so huge; it was you know bigger than a Walmart. Hard to believe. Oh Lord, <laughs> it wasn't that big, was it, John? Well, he estimated it to be about 35 feet tall and 60 feet wide. That's a that's a pretty good size object, actually. Especially a lot of times you see they, they end up being, well, some are lots bigger, but some are, are relatively small. I would also like to point out that given where this encounter is happening and how low this thing is to the ground, that's a really dumb number that Ed is going to change later on because he realizes it's too big. Rob, 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 come what? on now. You the, the truth of the matter is his story didn't change. The, he was estimating the size by the number of Buick Regals he thought it would make up. <laughs> and so he thought it was about 12 Buick Regals wide and uh, roughly 20 Buick Regals tall. As we all know, they changed the they changed the body style of the Buick Regal later 
So if you do the math, that actually turns out to be a different size. We're just saying object. you're dumb is what we're saying. That's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not the fact that he changed his story as he told it over and over again, but that you're you, Rob Christopherson, are dumb. <laughs> it was also silent, John. <laughs> as as many he stepped all over me. my joke, Rob, just to make fun of you. You should feel honored. I do feel incredibly honored. If it's not funny, is it even a joke? All right. So it was silent. He said uh, he could feel the hairs on the on his arm stand on end, almost like static electricity or something similar. Yeah, you know how you walk into like a uh, a room and the TV's on, but that's not on anything. You can feel it. That kind of shit. (laughs) Is there a TV on out here? Nope, it's just an alien. And then, boom, it takes off to about 200 feet. Now, Ed, he wasn't going to let that stop him. He ran into the street to get a better picture. Why? Why? Why does he have to take pictures? (laughs) He could have just taken the bat and thrown it at it. (laughs) you damn dirty aliens. (laughs) Well, as we know, he didn't have a bat because he grabbed his fucking Polaroid. Come on, keep up. That's true. I mean, I'm just trying to uh, be reasonable about this. So uh, so he he was in shock and awe and his whole body was affected. He he then said the crafts in the or the beans in the craft <laughs> said, quote, check out this motherfucker. No, that's not true. Um, they actually shot down a blue beam of light at him, which made him immobile. I fucking hate when they do that. Me too, man. Yeah, he he literally couldn't move. Uh, He said he had trouble breathing, and he could feel his brain being squeezed inside his skull. Can we get a ruling on when Scanners the movie came out? Because I'm just thinking of Scanners where they like make your head pop. But that was an alien. It's a good question. Um, Wait, are you are you what are you implying there, Brent? Maybe this was the the who gave them the idea for that movie. This was the origin story for Scanners. Yeah. Yeah. Scanners, a Michael um, Ironside vehicle. Michael Ironside. He, <laughs> he, uh, he tried to scream, but he couldn't, like he was in a vacuum. He could also feel a sharp pain coming from his right eye, like a knife being thrust into it. And just like that, old Eduardo is floating in midair. How high, well, John? How high? About two feet off the ground. <laughs> Lame. That's not very high. It's not. I mean, it's still terrifying, but not that's as like, terrifying. That's like David Blaine high. That's yeah. not... Yeah, that's not good enough. Yeah, that's what you get in that Chris Angel magic kit. You can do two feet, (laughs) (laughs) two and a half feet. Nope, not ready for that yet. But here comes and I know this is going to be one of Rob's favorite parts. Cue the voices. This is when they start. A voice comes in his head, assuring him that they would not harm him. I know that when something is hitting me with light, I can't breathe. I'm immobile and all this shit. Just tell me I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to harm you and I'll calm the right down nothing so ed tries to scream and the voice comes back telling him to calm down that just blows my mind they're like hey buddy calm it down a little bit yeah (laughs) just tone it down put the polaroid down and take a breath but Ed's like no 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 fuck you put me down well i I, in so many words at least he did tell him to put him down though or he he yeah yeah he did tell him to put him down and then he described what he smelled in the beam luckily (laughs) This is when the lucky part came in. Old Ed realized he had 30 bucks in his pocket. So they allowed him to smell what the inside of that blue beam smelled like. And he described it as a mixture of ammonia and cinnamon, which is very specific. And I don't know how you smell cinnamon over top of ammonia. Like, have you ever got ammonia in your nose? Man, it burns like a motherfucker. Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, I only I, I only like breathing my ammonia when it's mixed with bleach. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. 
Uh, this this kind of makes me feel definitely like Ed's the kind of guy that visits a strip club at happy hour. Just that kind of guy. Add some jip and that is pretty much go forth. Minus the cinnamon. <laughs> Throw in some sprinkles and you might be on there, or, or some, some glitter and you might be onto that whole uh, happy hour shit right there. <laughs> yeah. But he did say the odor, it burned and stuck in the back of his throat. So, in, as ammonia should do. For the record, if anyone's considering it, ammonia and bleach, don't do that. Yeah. That, no. that, that'll kill you. That, that'll, that'll hurt you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, John. Because we don't need to get sued. That's very, very polite of you. <laughs> Uh, so then vibrations came. He said a vibration began to pass through his body as well. And the aliens told him, don't resist again. And he literally said, screw you. <laughs> and not wanting to be outdone, they switched tactics. Now the voice changed to a female tone. It's a little more, hey, hi, I'm a female. I'm not as scary as, because uh, before it was like this robotic, like, do not struggle. Sexy. You mean you no harm. Now it's like, oh, sugar, shit. Mm-hmm. You want some sweet tea? <laughs> <laughs> so the vibration that uh, it was accompanying in his head the the hum as he called it it, it began to soften that was accompanying the, the voices and his mind began being filled with visions of various different types and breeds of dog just dogs came into his mind and he said it was like a projector shooting these images into his head why do you guys like rob do you have a theory or, or john like why dogs is that a calming tactic? What 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 it was? What if that was really happening or not even really happening? What's the 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 reasoning? There has never been UFO incidents, alien abductions that I've read, and I've read hundreds of alien abduction accounts in this which. Morning. And it, yeah, yeah, it's just something <laughs> I do on a whim. You say that as a joke, but that's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But. Uh, they there has never been this like real there i've never seen people saying ah, i've i had these images of, of things like i will say like it i've seen where people say they projected images over the aliens like right, so they felt right. like the alien was you know insert uh, gray alien mantis reptilian whatever reptilian especially in this case and they were projecting images of people like softer beings you know th- things like that but yeah not just like and here's a slideshow no. of dogs that i like right yeah like it's it's usually an instance where let's show you the end of the world just for shits and giggles. Right. Let's, right. let's see how you react to that. But like, uh, in this case, no, just dogs. Let's, let's, you know, I mean, I swear to God, these guys, this is these aliens first day. It's gotta be, you guys missed the, the, the explanation here. You went, you went a little too, um, a little too literal. The, see, here's what happened. You know, whenever you go to a foreign country and you try to speak the language, you're using a dictionary. And dictionaries are very literal. They don't have slang. That when they picked him up off the ground, he said, let go of me, you bitches. <laughs> and they thought, they looked it up in their alien human uh, dictionary, and they thought they meant female dog. And so they were projecting images of female dogs. That's how we got here. That passes my <laughs> ammonia and cinnamon smell test, so I'm with you. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, they were true douchebags, though, and I, I am going to get along with that whole, like, their first day, because... They just they they drop Ed on the ground and shoot up in the air, leaving him lying in the middle of the fucking road. And then I love this. Francis pulls up in the driveway, and Ed's laying in the middle of the road. And she walks over and she's like, "Ed, why are you laying in the middle of the road?" And you gotta imagine he screamed because I want to, Devil Woman. Where's my dinner? Because <laughs> he is Florida man, and that doesn't change just because you saw a couple aliens. Yeah. 
And when she got close, though, she said that she could actually smell, back on point here, that stink of that UFO smell, and it was all over Ed's clothes. And I love this part of the story. Ed, why does it smell like bubble gum? <laughs> That's what the <clears throat> aliens smell like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed, why is there glitter all over your crotch? <laughs> the aliens did that. Alien glitter. Baby, baby, why is there a ring of warts around your penis? There's alien warts. <laughs> Sorry, that's Barty Hill, but, you know, one of those things. So he, thing. she said, though, and I love this part. She, he was clearly scared. She took him to the house, told him what happened, and uh, she goes, that's nice, dear, and washes his fucking clothes, even though the only tangible evidence of what just happened is on the clothes. And they would actually later remark that that was a terrible idea, given the scope of everything that happened. But, you know, they, they just damn housewives i guess you know like they just wanted to get that gunk out of out of there and that kind of ends the experience of of the first event i mean i know we're having a lot of liberties and and having a a laugh with this but if that is to be taken at face value that's a terrifying thing besides the beautiful dogs rob where you at with that i think what's interesting here is that man's just you know trying to go on with his day he goes outside and i imagine november it's like 5 30 you know it's probably starting to get dark out and just has this harrowing experience and nobody else in the neighborhood just happened to witness it no one was looking outside it's november so we all know past november 8th and this was on the 11th you're not allowed to look outside after dusk exactly so exactly Honey, our neighbor's in the street and floating two feet above the ground. How, how hard, baby? Light. How hard, you say? <laughs> Just two feet. Oh, he bought that new magic kit. He's fine. He bought that Chris Angel magic kit. He good. Christmas <laughs> coming up. I know what I want. <laughs> oh, that's just Ed. Oh, Ed. Oh, oh, floaty. Oh, floaty Ed. <laughs> uh, so, kids, that's our first experience or his first experience with, with these, a you know, beings let's say and it doesn't stop there we're gonna go to break real quick but when we come back we're gonna tell you about subsequent events and all those photos because don't forget he was snapping photos pictures while this was happening and all sorts of rigmarole and shit that he was put through that's coming up next on hysteria 51 Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I, I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So (laughs) you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. (laughs) In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's they design it for long-term retention, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and 
There's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we wanted to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network, And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. kind of dogs do you think uh, they were shown in pictures of? The most evil, vicious dogs in the world, Chihuahuas. He has a he has a spitz, so I imagine plenty of spitzes. Yeah. Yeah. We were we were at the uh, we were at the park the other day, and this lady was walking her. It looked like a Shih Tzu or something like that. And I kid you not, my kid's at that age where he just points at things and identifies them. He's real proud of himself for doing so. He points he goes, at her. Ah! My wife. He goes. He goes. Mommy, a cat. <laughs>
Oh, man. When's he take his driver's license test? Is it next week or the following week? Uh, the following <laughs> week. I need to get him doing that Instacart thing. Uh, Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> It is funny though, when like they're they're learning animals and stuff like that, but they don't really have a grasp on it. And that is true. I, I know I said like mommy that fat or whatever, but that is shit that kids will do just out of the blue, not even realizing that they're not supposed to do stuff like oh, that. It, it was so great too because the, you could tell the lady was offended. But what the fuck are you going to say to a two and a half year old? <laughs> Listen, you. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's what he like, lady. I don't know. Change the cut on the dog or something. It's not my kid's fault. <laughs> <sighs> so we got a real quick i gotta send a huge thanks to rob here because he did a lot of work on on the timeline on this on his show and i just stole the shit out no but <laughs> i did I, it did make this a lot easier and this was just the beginning so far that we've told you about and that night it really marked the beginning of this ufo sighting bonanza or they call them flaps if you're in the the whole ufo world that would continue kind of until 1992 and there's been several what are some big flaps you can think of can you think of any others the hudson valley flap of the 80s the year of the humanoid sighting 73 there's the flaps the from 1965 to 1967 in the states i don't know what the proper name is but all the cigar shaped ones in the late 1800s yeah the, the airship. mystery airship yeah. flap um there was a flap in 47 when it all kicked off 52 i think i've got most of the major ones there and when we say flap, it's because it's not just one person, but one person might kick it off. Mm-hmm. But then you have a lot of people over a short amount of time or sometimes even years, sometimes in a small area and sometimes nationwide. You know, you just you never know. Jane, where did that thing land? <laughs> in your petunias. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> oh, <damn it. laughs> Goddamn thing took out the windmill again. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name judge uh, judge proctor proctor landed in his yeah. petunias <laughs> which is another one of the the famous you know like you talked about the airship flaps that's you know pretty much been disproven now as uh yep. you know, propaganda oh, hey 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 <laughs> calm down you're not going to take their ufo festival away from yeah. them are you kidding me but you know what you can take their headstone because they don't know where it's at yeah, they don't know yeah. they don't know where it is but know. yeah that they was- gave that alien a good christian burial well yeah and then they went on to have a festival about it yeah. every time we say the word christ it glows and burns a little bit that's what <laughs> they do on his planet i guess now keep praying <laughs> Ah, hundreds of citizens would go on. They can't see me at home. I'm getting like excited and waving my hands here. Yes. Hundreds (laughs) of citizens would go on to report their UFO sightings throughout this whole uh, triggered flap. And they reported to the local newspaper, the Gulf Breeze Sentinel and to MUFON. But it was Ed. Ed was not done with his visitors and, you know, and kicked this whole thing off. So on November 17th of 1987, old Eddie went down to the local newspaper to tell him his story and show him his photographs, but he didn't want to use his real name, did he, Rob? No, he didn't. No. What what amazing nom de plume, or so to speak, did he come up with? Mr. X. Yeah, not not Professor X, but Mr. Okay, by the way, if you think contextually about the time period, you know what that came from. He was playing Kung Fu on his Nintendo. Mr. X was the bad guy. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Hot damn. That is an incredibly easy and hard game all at the same time. Oh, it is. It is. I, I can die five times in a row on level one and then on the sixth time beat the whole thing. Yeah. Fucking knife. <laughs> God damn knife. 
<laughs> Why is he throwing those knives low? Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> Don't forget the deadly Joe Punch. <laughs> Ed is something that you you've said a lot, uh, Rob. He wasn't really good at uh, keeping his his secret identity so secret. No, he uh, he liked to carry around issues of the Gulf Breeze Sentinel that had his photos in it, like everywhere that he went, and he would deny it up front to people's faces, especially if they were like coming up and say, "Oh, do you have, have you seen the photos? Have you seen the photos?" And he, he's denying it, but he's like, "Yes, my photos are out in the wild." Yeah, and he told them that that he was Mister X's friend. And you know, uh, right? Uh, my my friend took these photos. Well, the weird thing was is that his friend was taking these photos. Like, if you read the the letter from the um the book, the um, Gulf Breeze sightings by Ed and Ed, Francis yeah, Walters. They both wrote it, and who? Yeah, it. He uh he has this convoluted story of how Ed's friend Mister X was at his house just taking pictures. Like what? Who just goes over to somebody's house to take pictures? <laughs> well, now, but that's just because everyone has a phone in their pocket. But the back then was a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit different. This is nineteen eighty seven. Okay, it's interesting how this whole thing. If you watched UFO Hunters, they did a whole thing on this too, mm-hmm. and this was interesting talking about this camera. He had bought the camera the day before the first alleged uh, experience, and they were like, are you to tell me that if he had triggered these like as to do like double exposures, he knew more than the technicians at Polaroid? Because we had to call them to find out how to do this, to trick the motor. So-called technicians, I think they called them on the on the show. And it's like, I'm oh pretty sure God. that was their job. Yeah, like you know, it's always so funny. Like we had to call someone other than me to figure out how to do this. So fuck you. Hey, uh, it, it's kind of funny because you, um, you know, um, Bob Lazar came out with that book last year. Mm-hmm. Like toward the uh, toward the end of the year. Well, okay. Bob Lazar came out with it. Yeah, yeah, you know, chuckle, allegedly. Chuckle. Yeah. It, in the intro to that book, uh, it's written by George Knapp, and he literally says, "I called up the. Uh, I think he said he called up Nellis Air Force Base or something like that, wanting to know if there was a, an S four. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah, they told me there was an S four. They wouldn't tell me where it was, but they told me there was an S <laughs> four. I was like, "So you're telling me that Bob Lazar couldn't have done the same fucking thing? Come on, right? Right? You know what's interesting to me is in this whole thing. Well, this." Bob Lazar book came out. The guy doing all the fucking yelling about it was John Lear. And he's like, they came to Ed, Ed, (laughs) wrong story, (laughs) but they came to Bob and they said, tell us your story. And then it was all wrong when they wrote it, but he can't be bothered to proofread his own fucking biography. (laughs) So he just said, fuck it. And he let him put it out, but it's all wrong. That is the most lazy bullshit. And people are like, preach on John. Preach on! Don't let him assassinate you for saying these yeah. things. Uh, they've they've given way too much credence to John Lear uh, from like the '90s onward and shit. Like, don't listen to John Lear; he's an idiot. You please don't. But anyway, over the next few days, Ed's got this thinking uh, that he's thinking on his encounter, and he said, "Had someone said, hey, Ed, want to take a ride?'" 
I might have agreed to go, but force me to obey, lift me off the road, freeze my body solid, treat me like an ant or a dog. No way. Not in this Kidnap country. Kidnap my girlfriend, Sylvia. <laughs> yeah, that's un-American. That's kind of what you were talking about in the beginning, Rob. Like He's just like, that's not the way you treat an American. Ed Walters. I won't go on your UFO. I won't wear a mask, and I won't social distance in space. Yeah, exactly. Uh <laughs> Ed Walters is the patriotic experiencer, the unabductable man. I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't. <laughs> hey, can we get can we talk about that for a second? I got, I got. I sorry, John. You Brent, you brought it up. Listen, it, uh, I understand. I don't agree with, but I understand people who say you're not going to keep me at home. You know, that's treading on my civil liberties. Mm-hmm. I, I I I don't agree with it, but I understand where it comes from. Right. I don't understand you're not going to make me wear a mask. Like what? Because what the fuck that's, are you that's more about? Uh, rooted in conspiracy of mm-hmm. that is how it's bad for you and it's keeping you from getting the, if the is real, then you aren't getting the antibodies that you need. Insert no, booga booga like more, horrible conglomerate. I less conspiracy minded, more just kind of politically minded people go, you're not going to. I'm not going to wear a fucking mask. It's like on Twitter and stuff. And I just don't, I don't get it. Well, it's I don't, uncomfortable to save M- Nana and Pap Pap. <laughs> I think we have an overdeveloped sense of what freedom is to the point where, uh, if anything inhibits that freedom, people just bitch, whine, piss, and moan about it. That's what it comes down to. It's like they forget about the part of the Constitution where all these things are allowed as long as they don't tread on other people's mm-hmm. freedoms. Right. I would say infecting somebody with a deadly disease falls more in that category. Yeah, you would but say that's, that. That's me. You would. Pinko commie print. But I digress. Yeah. Uh, so back, back to Mr. X. Yeah, November 19th, 1987. An anonymous letter and three of the five photographs uh, that he took are published in the Gulf Breeze Sentinel. I love the name Sentinel for any paper because they're mm-hmm. just doing their due diligence on protecting us like a true Sentinel. For a timeline check, this is eight days after the incident. He had gone to uh, the newspaper. He had brought forward his photos at first six days after the incident, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Some might question, well, why did he wait so long? And I think the answer is in the 80s, it took that long to get photos developed. <laughs> or make copies of Polaroids. Yeah, maybe yeah. so. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's a Polaroid. So then mm. we got November 20th. Ed comes home from work, and as he, he walks to the kitchen, he says he experiences another humming in his ears, which steadily grows louder and louder until he's experiencing the same kind of pain in the right front of his head. Remember, he said it felt like a, a, a hot knife or needle going in his eye. Uh, Are we sure he's not in Taos? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Are there fish out there making a humming sound? Uh, so <laughs> Francis then enters the kitchen and finds him struggling to stand, and she supports him as he expresses that he fears he's losing his mind. And that's an interesting statement there, and he immediately Immediately connects it to the events on November 11th, saying that he fears he has UFO madness. Something that nobody has ever fucking said ever in the canon of UFO literature or anything. UFO goddamn madness. <laughs> Ed, you fucking doctor, you. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a pill oh, for Rob, that? Rob, it's because they all went mad. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And it's similar. Also, it's similar to reefer madness. It oh, is. yeah. Oh, 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 you just make all the noises like they do when they're fucking smoking the reefer and, and, and <laughs> yeah. your guys get <laughs> all dark weed. around and you devil's lettuce. 
So about 45 minutes later, Ed hears a loud noise, which he describes like a bus releasing its air brakes. Yeah. Yeah. Then he hears the same voice from the 11th speaking to him via telepathy, but a little different here. It's in language that Ed doesn't understand. And Francis, it's the goddamn UFO madness again. (laughs) He didn't yell, I'm sure. And uh, he says that he believes it's an earthly foreign language maybe of African dialect. Mm-hmm. The MUFON UFO drill describes the language as having incredible consonants. So whatever that means, maybe a lot of them. He's now a linguistics expert as well. Mm-hmm. Just like everyone on Facebook is a constitutional lawyer and virologist. I know I am. So yep. I really can't fault him on this. That checks yeah. out. So Ed got the impression the voice was part of a conversation, but he was only hearing one half of the conversation. Like he's fucking tuned in to listen to a phone conversation almost like, he, but he can only get one end of it or like a walkie talkie. This goes on for 10 to 15 minutes. So he does the rational thing. He grabs his camera and goes out the yard and starts yelling into to the sky so they could hear him. And I shit you not. He says this fucking worked and caused the same craft from way back on November 11th. Now it's the 20th to rapidly descend towards him, hitting him with a gust of air. Maybe those air brakes. And then he heard the mechanical voice in his head telling him to step forward. The the encounter went so well the first time. You can understand why he'd why he'd pine for it again. Hey, I mean, he lived and he saw he saw puppies. That's a good day in my book. (laughs) I you know, I've had worse Tuesdays. Yeah, but it's going to ratchet up here. He's going to get better images in his head now. Well, he raised his camera to take a picture of the craft. And they sure seem to want him to get into the craft of his own accord, though. They keep telling him, like, like as this took place nearly simultaneously, that mechanical voice fades out. The or It's still going, but the female voice kicks in and a previously unheard third voice. They all ask him to not take photos. Yes. He said the third voice asked him not to take the pictures in Spanish. Those uh, photos own prohibito. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck you. So, Ed does what Ed Walters wants. <laughs> Let me explain what's going on here. The you, you, Brent, you mentioned something I think that's key to the story. They really seem to want him to get in of his own volition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can stop him from moving, but they're not pulling him in. They're being like, come on, step forward. Come here. Get over here. Yeah, that has threads of uh, of vampirism in it, and uh, they didn't want him to take photos because, again, obviously vampires don't show up in pictures. So uh, what the thing is, these are vampiric aliens. Goddamn space vampires. Yep. You know, I hadn't put two and two together, John. You might be on to something. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This is the let the right one in of alien yeah. stories here. That's exactly right. That's why I always carry rice in my pocket, because you know that true vampires have to count. If you yes. throw things on the ground, so you throw Same it. with leprechauns. Yeah, yeah, they have to count all the rice so you can get away. John, you just learned something. You're welcome. I thought you kept all that rice in the pocket in your pocket for all the times you drop your uh, phone into water. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And I sweat so much, I have a snack by the end of the day. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got salt in that. Yeah. He takes the pictures, and the the craft zooms off because they said, don't do that. But the voice stayed, and you're, we're getting to what Rob was hitting at here. Told him to step forward so that he could be taken aboard the craft. Ed questioned why, what gave them the right to take him, to which they flatly replied, we got the right to do that. We can do whatever the fuck we want kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's mind pick time. Rob, they didn't send dogs, did they? No. This time he saw various... Naked women 
And we're not just taught like of all ethnicities, just naked women left and right. There were some pregnant women in there too. They don't know what he likes. Like, hey, no, one of these is gonna flip a switch. We're just—it's not like they could go looking through his internet history because we don't have the internet yet. So that's a little down the way. So, well, well, wait, 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 wait. Come on, (laughs) we all know that the internet was invented in Dolce. In 1943. Yeah. Okay. Allegedly. Uh, speaking of the internet, they uh, it turns out that a lot of the photos were actually just uh, replicas of what I was downloading in the early 90s. Oh, look. Lonnie Anderson from Playboy. Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> That's a random. Lonnie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Cindy Crawford, and we're three hours in, and we're up to her eyebrows from her head down. So maybe, maybe we should go out. But then we come back, and your mom had to make a phone call, and so we didn't get it. So thanks a, <laughs> thanks a lot, over. Prodigy. <laughs> so he panics, though. And I got to say, instead of doing the logical thing and running as fast as he possibly can into that ship, just in case all those broads are on there. No, he didn't do that. And the the UFO left. But fucking Ed, they told Ed that they would be back to get him. And Ed's like, fuck it. And he snaps another pic while they're taken away. (sighs) It's my favorite photograph, too. This is like uh, it's photograph number six. And if you uh, if you look at it, if you Google it, whatever, it's uh, against this like blue backdrop so like nights it's the descending. best it's the best yeah. photo it's the best photo in it and like you can see it's kind of like the the craft is semi-transparent because uh you know um n- no spoilers here ed fakes all this shit but uh it, <laughs> it's it's what you what yeah what you, you what you find is like ed fakes everything but this photo is so fucking it used to be my desktop background for so many you actually years. sent me to that awesome uh painting of of said photo of yeah him within the beam and yeah know, not of that was, exact photo but that instance yeah you know yeah there was this guy in the uh i, I want to say it was the late 90s early 2000s his name was michael bueller and he painted all of these famous ufo bueller. incidents from history mm-hmm. and one of them was the gulf breeze uh incident he's done benny barty hill he's done like uh, lonnie zamora which is amazing when you break down uh, his paintings because he's only a one-armed farmer <laughs> and so the fact that he can even do these paintings is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. But he's got a handler, so. Right, right. <laughs> Named Michael Is that like a Norn. fluffer? Uh, what's that? I, uh, he said he had a handler. I said, is that like a it fluffer? It sure is. Pretty exactly. much, yeah. We're dealing with some pushy and scary shit, though, with these aliens. Like, hey, get on here. I know it's easier said than done, but they come at you with this shit. Would you try to get in? Would you go with them? Or would you say, no, thank you? I know that's a cliched question and answer, but uh, Mm, I'd love to say I would, but I don't know. It depends because like, if you look at people being the, the stories of people being brought on board around this time, uh, you're getting into the, the Bud Hopkins era of uh, alien abductions and stuff like that. There are stories from history, like uh, the Herbert Shermer story. They considered it an abduction. Uh, It's from 1967. He was a cop. In Ashland, Nebraska, he's doing it. He's out on a routine patrol, and he sees a, a light uh, out in this like this largely rural road, and he uh, he pulls up to like I don't know maybe like a hundred hundred fifty feet away from this thing, and he kind of has this uh, moment of missing time, and he later finds out that these beings invited him on board 
their craft to like show them around and stuff. Uh, there, there's a lot of stories like that. I, I mean, there are stories. Hey, check in this the shit 80s. out, man. Yeah. Um, there's a story of uh, uh, his name was Alfred Berteau. He lived in England in the 80s. He fought in a couple wars and he was doing night fishing and he sees a light in the forest near him. And these beings basically invite him on board. He's not sure what they want, but uh, he's uh, in there for about 30 minutes. They invite him to step into this beam of light. He hears this uh, voice. This beam is coming from the ceiling. He steps into it. And um, the voice then says, you can go. You are too old and infirm for our purposes. <laughs> and he leaves. It, it, like, simple, harmless things like that, yes, I, I could get behind that. But, like, in the 80s, the people being brought on board, UFOs thing kind of took It took the whole, nature. I'm going to fucking proke yeah. and prob you and prod you and take some sperm not in a fun way right and uh poke you in the eye and and you sheer terror yeah well rob now since we have you on the show and you're an expert in this i i what specific story or is there a specific story that the idea of an anal probe came from uh, i think the first person was barney hill he had he, said he was probed anally yes he oh, had yes, something yes. inserted into his rectum but the person that made it famous was whitley streber and uh it's kind of fitting at this point because as ed's story is going on uh ed's story came out uh, he, it started in november of 87 a communion uh whitley streber story which has kind of been this like landmark book for abductions came out earlier that year and one of the things that he described was uh, a pro being uh, inserted into his rectum and he went on to describe it uh, feeling like he was being raped so that kind of became a big thing for people who you know make jokes about uh abductees and stuff like that it came from whitley streber well, let's be honest it really it really came from eric cartman I mean, yeah yeah that's true let's be honest. that's true about a decade later it did yeah <laughs> getting back to ed this was our second big experience with him and it, the experiences continue there's also a media frenzy that happens and that's important we're not going to hit on every single of the 20 ish uh, experiences he had but the media kind of got into this because more people came forward with sightings of objects in this area. Jeff Thompson spotted an object hovering near the Oriole Beach Elementary School. It shot up, hovered for like 30 seconds and then sped away. Minutes later, two jets, he said, flew past him, headed in the same direction. Uh, Miss Linda Lube was outside barbecuing when she saw. Like, oh, fuck you. That's not a real Linda name. Lube. <laughs> uh, Linda X. Uh, when she saw a light moving southeast <laughs> towards Gulf Breeze. Uh, an hour and a half later, Diana Hansen also witnessed a light in the same general area. And, and these are all at different times and things, but these are just some of the, the reports in that area around the same time. At 930, uh, that was when this, an anonymous business executive saw an object in an apparent landing mode, which I love that fucking statement, descend behind a group of trees in his backyard. Charles Summerby was walking with his wife. Oh, fuck you. That's not a real name. <laughs> with his wife, Dari, along Hickory Shores Boulevard when they looked across East Bay and saw a round object heading towards Gulf Breeze. And this sighting is particular because it corresponds to the exact time of Ed's encounter. The round is also similar to the shape that Ed's 
object was. I've heard everything on Ed's called from, you know, beach ball shaped to saying it was acorn shaped like the Kecksburg slash Deglaka. You know, they've tried to tag it onto a lot of different things. And all these sightings were first reported in the Sentinel and then forwarded on to MUFON. And we're getting into MUFON a little bit, but the UFO, it's, self became a local celebrity and it, it was the talk of the town ed seemed to really enjoy it which mm-hmm. was probably the reasoning for all of this and as we're traveled the gulf breeze sightings started to receive more and more media attention and at that time it was largely taken relatively seriously um that's both good and surprising to me um because this was a time of ridicule and at least in the beginning they were giving them kind of a fair shake as as far as this goes and there was a local abc affiliate w-e-a-r w-e-r tv they started to talk about the settings on their evening news even like this is something that's going on kind of like what we're going through now the evening news is talking about sightings and everyone's going "Eh, i don't know i'm not even paying attention three-year-old information at this point i think like if you're in the ufo community you're kind of split either way you're either really uh happy that the government has acknowledged that they finally release these things even though the only reason that they're releasing them is because their hands they felt like their hands were tied because you have these researchers who are basically asking the dod spokesperson every week well if you didn't release them, then, you know, why aren't you pursuing charges of, you know, people like Louis Elizondo, who probably did bring them to, you know, the Times and uh, TTSA and all that stuff. So, uh, it, yeah, like, I'm that's more interested where we're in at. the people of the that aren't into the UFO world that just go, oh, neat. And that yeah. blows my mind. That really, yeah. really does. I mean, I've seen TikTok content, you know, just in the last day. And this it's just there was this one video of this guy saying, the government's saying that they the UFOs are real. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> or at least I think that's what he's saying. He had a mask on, so I couldn't really make out exactly what he was saying for COVID reasons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like we said, Ed has more encounters. He saw aliens in these encounters. He saw silver rods like a lot of people talk about in these alien abduction encounter things. They're holding these rods. He pulled a gun on it and on and on. When they would come down, they'd have these, these suits that they would, they would wear these like rectangular suits. Um, you know, we're just kind of going over all the, the accounts. What are some of the highlights of the other encounters that he had, Rob? Do you remember? Um, other than yeah. fucking pulling a gun on a goddamn alien, <laughs> you get off my planet. Uh, there's, um, one encounter that he has. It's in, I think it's in December. He's in bed at night. And he gets woken up and he hears what he thinks is the hum. And like, to be honest, I, I, I'm assuming that he's just hearing his goddamn pool pump because that mm-hmm. pool pump comes up so many times in this fucking story. He's like constantly working on the goddamn pool pump. But he <laughs> he goes outside and the UFO's there and, and, you know, he has this dramatic encounter with the UFO and all that stuff. And the amazing thing is, is that he's able to shake it off. And go back to bed like 10 minutes later. Yeah. And he unplugs every appliance in his house that gives off a hum. So that way he'll know that it's the aliens. We have in our basement, we have a dehumidifier. I yeah. can't hear it hardly when it's on and I'm in the basement. 
But that bastard fills up and kicks off the middle of the night. My wife's like, the humidifier turned off. I'm like, how can you hear that thing through floors right. and the wall and stuff? Right. Well, Brent, when when Lisa says that, do you say to yourself, is it the humidifier or is it a telepathic alien? That's a really, really good question. And the thing about that is, maybe we need to think about this with telepathic aliens. Ed could conjure these aliens. He could bring them there just by wishing it. By Pretty thinking much. about it and going outside and being like, fucking come get me, they'd come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the follow-up here is that after Ed goes to bed, I think this was like maybe uh, 25 minutes, half hour later, he's awoken again. And he hears something like right outside their bedroom because there's like a door that leads to their lanai. And he he's just about to... He, Rips open the door, and there's a uh, four-foot-tall gray alien wearing boxy metallic armor just standing there staring at him. He falls backward. He reaches for his gun and uh, his Polaroid camera. <laughs> Which he had uh, worked into simultaneously working together. Say cheese, motherfucker. No, but he did have two Polaroids at that time, wasn't it? By the- no, that was later. No, not yet. He worked not out. Yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's got both of these. Th- he-, he grabs both of these things. He's, you know... He falls back, and the alien is just standing there staring at him and stares at him for like maybe twenty minutes. Ed picks up the gun. <laughs> I just I, I love I love thinking about this story. Like mm-hmm. uh, the aliens like sitting there tapping on his watch. No, I've got all the time in the world. Yeah. go ahead, fall fall a little bit more. Yeah, no, no, you get your Polaroid. I'll I'll, I'll wait. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Ed points the gun at him. Still stands there. Yeah, he does until it just turns to the side and just walks off. <laughs> And mumbling something in Spanish. No. Yeah, probably. This fucking guy. <laughs> this fucking guy. Pretty much. Uh, I, I think he just like wanted to know where the bathroom was, but you know, Literally, we know these Ed, are like publishers clearing house from Jupiter, <laughs> and they're just trying to give this motherfucker what he won, but he's got to get on the ship to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And <sighs> uh, Ed goes outside, and, and he's going to chase this thing. He goes up onto his porch and like the ufo drops a beam down at him he dodges it because mm-hmm. like ed is like he's like a goddamn secret agent ed is a bad stories. motherfucker in all these stories he he stands up to him no motherfucker no you're not gonna do this and that and he's yeah. dodging shit and able yeah. to take photos and outwit them uh, at every turn yeah but uh uh oh i i forgot to mention when he went outside he only grabbed the gun. He didn't grab the camera conveniently. Yeah, when the alien, unfortunately, there's no pictures of the alien. Every goddamn right. time that the the ship was there, he was able to do it. But when the alien was there, he forgot his camera. Yep. So, uh, you know, Ed takes cover again inside the house. The UFO shoots off into this field. And the funny thing is, is I, I can't remember if it's Francis has brought him the camera or if Francis took the photo herself, but they watch the UFO go out into this field and they drop down this beam of light and they pick up the alien that, you know, was at his door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He figures, he, he thinks that's what it was doing because the, the, right. the alien ran that way and then they shot the beam down. So he's like, that's must be what they were doing. Right. Uh, it's the only thing that makes well, also sense. the way, the way he was able to avoid them, he followed the five D's of alien that's observation. True. Go through them. Dodge, duck, dip, <laughs> dive, which we all learned in alien abduction class in the 80s which was then followed by duck and cover drills uh which everyone knows if you stand uh, or if you 
turtle position under your desk, no mm-hmm. nuke can hurt you. Yeah, absolutely. Your back is impervious to any nuclear attack. <laughs> right. Saw a picture on Facebook someone posted of a bunch of kids on their knees. It's like these fucking schools making children pray in class. Like, no, motherfucker, that's a tornado drill in the fucking hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Amazing. Uh, speaking of rip torn, uh, I think yeah. uh, I think an appropriate an appropriate rip torn quote here would be uh, from Men in Black. We're not hosting an intergalactic kegger. It's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely right. All right, kids, let's go to break real quick. When we come back, Mufon steps in. They do some <laughs> creepy van surveillance and stuff like that. More sightings, and I think we've already uh, gotten a spoiler from Rob. But do we believe Ed? And also hypnosis all that's coming up next and maybe some more rip maybe (laughs) (laughs) on on hysteria 51 i can't even do his voice (laughs) (laughs) our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. MUFON! John, tell us about our heroes over at MUFON. We got a lot of heroes. Ed's a hero. Wait, before before you uh, go on with that, I'd like to uh, state that I have changed their uh, acronym. It's Duh MUFON, Dumbass MUFON. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. Hot take. So here's the... Hot take. (laughs) here's Here's the best part of this story. And Rob, correct me if I'm wrong here. But before I get into the story of some people um, from MUFON checking out the claims, from what I understand, MUFON had originally sent uh, two different investigators, a married team, uh, who came back and said, no, this guy's full of shit. And mm-hmm. MUFON said, you know, I'm not digging this this report. We're going to need a new one. Yeah, I, they're, it's not one of the more widely known facts about this case. But yeah, there was a rumor allegedly that there was a married couple sent out to um, interview them first, and yeah, they didn't buy their story for a second. This stinks of ammonia and cinnamon. I'm not buying this for a second. <laughs> so rather than questioning him, Mufon said the investigators were wrong, fired well, them, and brought out some other ones. It's the 80s, John and Rob, and they've been watching the movie Stakeout, and they're like, yeah. this is a really good, really good process. So they begin a nine-day stakeout of the Walters household, and they sent Don Ware, 
Bob Reed and Gary Watson, and they manned a stakeout van in a parking lot <laughs> nearby. And uh, Satan, is that you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Ed was in contact with them via walkie talkies. So he can mm-hmm. walkie and talkie at the same time. How'd that go for him, Rob? How did how did surveillance, what are we going to call this, uh, Operation Don't Stink Up the Van, go for MUFON? Not very good. Not very good. There, there was a uh, moment where Ed came flying out the house early on in the investigation. I think it was like day two or day three. And uh, I think it was Bob that was in the van. And he... Uh, he comes flying out to the to the van and he says, "Oh, I hear the hum. I hear the hum. The UFOs around." So, uh, you know, Bob gets out. He's got the camera ready. He's going to fucking document the fuck out of this shit. And um, you know, Ed's playing up the hum in the in the street. And and he point and he, and he says, "It's right there. It's right there." And and uh, Bob looks at it, he's like, "No, that's a plane." He's like, "No, it's a UFO." And then and then he goes, he goes, "I was looking that way the whole time. I meant behind you." And he tells him he meant the other direction. He said, yeah, uh, Bob was looking to the north, and Ed said, and I quote, look to the south. (laughs) (laughs) So Bob turns around to look to the south, but the UFO winks out of existence before he can take a photograph. You just missed it. I mean, if I had a nickel. I know. It's, it's, uh, It's an everyday fucking thing. God damn it. They gave him another camera to set up like a, a bi-camera little thing to be able to take two pictures with the same type camera at the same time. You know, they missed sightings. There was infighting and different information people and this whole thing. And the whole, the first four days were pretty much nothing other than sitting in a van other than look at this. Yeah, you forgot to mention the fourth uh, guy in the van, Richard Doty. <laughs> <laughs> now, now. He's the silent member. Yeah, it just it, it, it's an interesting uh, take on on how all this happened. But there are a lot of picks, and that's something we need to talk about. And I am going to post uh, if you go to our website and pull up this in the the show notes. I'll have a slider with all the picks uh, that you know that are available of this. Some are interesting, some are not. And Robbie kind of summed it up. The UFO is very much see through in every photo that's on there. It looks like to me, if I had to explain it, it looks like the photos are taken through glass and there is a reflection of a light coming through the glass. Like if you ever been inside and you have one of those dome lights on your ceiling, that's exactly what it looks like. But sometimes it is blocked by things like there are the pine tree leaves in front of it and things like that. So there is some depth and things like that. But the photos themselves are dubious at best. And experts have looked at them and and quote unquote experts have looked at them and things like that. But it really comes under some scrutiny. By March of the the following year, people are kind of turning on Ed a little bit. Uh, A local boy called him a dangerous man to the local paper. And Ed said, oh, he was just kicked out of my house and he's lashing out at me. Uh, Things like that. His number, someone passed around to everyone in the town, uh, his local town information and asked them to call and call him a phony. And he says, well, no one called. But that was definitely going on. Uh, in April, all local media received a report stating Ed's picks were fake. This was a kind of interesting. Cited weather reports, cloud coverage, this, that, the other. 
that proved that it couldn't be. But then a retraction was printed by the debunker saying, oops, I was wrong. Uh, and that's an interesting thing right there. Uh, yeah, the uh, debunker in that case was a scientist. Uh, and It's pronounced scientician. Yeah, scientician, absolutely. And uh, when I think I think it was maybe the Sentinel or somebody had pointed out that he was absolutely wrong because they went back, they looked at the weather data. Yeah, if that only he was we trying had like, maybe like published the weather every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they basically said you know he was wrong. He had to print a retraction. I think the debunker in this case was uh, in in you know there's a lot of speculation around this was a man. Uh, by the name of Craig Myers, he was a local journalist with, I don't think he was with the Sentinel, I think he was with another paper, but uh, he came out with a book in 2006 called War of the Words, mm -hmm. and I own this book, I don't recommend you buy it because uh, Craig Myers is a complete asshole, but... Uh, That's never stopped me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's like really poorly written. I've read... Behold a pale horse. Oh, God. Yeah, th that's pretty much the pinnacle of bad writing right there. But um, in this case, like, Ed, Ed later moved out of his house because he didn't like mm -hmm. the publicity that he was getting. He built a new house. And where did he build it? Two blocks away. Yeah, that's a smart move, Ed. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it was like maybe a couple of years after, like, his initial sightings had died down that... Craig Myers showed up on the doorstep of the people who had bought the home and said, have you found the model yet? And he goes up to their attic and they, f and he brings forth this really God awful model. It's that has literally been built. made of paper plates. Yeah. And like hot glued on little marble ish, like um, the, the windows and stuff. Are the just windows are made of old building plans that Ed had. They were trying to pin it on him. But the problem is, is that the, the building plans were for after the Gulf Breeze sightings were happening. They right. were from, like in 1988. So yeah, <laughs> well, it's funny. And, and Ed in this part was like, how fucking stupid mm -hmm. do I have to be to leave this in the house? Like yeah. if I had made this, you know, this whole model myself, I would just have destroyed it, burned it, got rid of it. I wouldn't have said like, Oh man, right. I completely no, no, no. Actually what he said was <clears throat> when I made this, I destroyed it. I mean, <laughs> if, I had made Shit, this. Yeah. I Cut. would have destroyed it. And we're live. It. Cut! <laughs> no, this is live, live. Um, I think what's what's great is that, yeah, the there was kind of this these two factions that were for Ed Sightings and against Ed Sightings. And uh, the faction that were for it were MUFON, uh, a guy named uh, Maccabee. What the hell is his first name? Bruce Maccabee. Bruce. Sorry. Uh, Bruce Maccabee. Doctor. Yeah, Dr. Bruce McAbee, he's a former Navy optical physicist who lended probably the greatest amount of credence to these photos, had made offhand remarks at one point saying that they're probably fake, but like has defended them every day since. And then you have on the other side, you have um, a guy named Dr. Robert Nathan who worked for JPL at the time. He was big in like optics and stuff like that. He looked at the photos and he mm -hmm. said, now they're double exposed. You can tell pretty easily because if you look at the first six photographs, you can see that they're the UFO in them is very like semi-transparent. Mm -hmm. And then the photos get better. And one of the theories that uh, uh, I've, I've had is that 
I think Dwayne Cook, the uh, editor of the Gulf Breeze Sentinel, helped him a lot with uh, a lot of these photos because they get better. But the problem is, is that when you look at them, the scaling of the UFO seems off in every single one of them. Right. Like, right. It, it, it's huge in, in one of them, and it's like really tiny in others. Which he's actually explained a little bit in saying, I'm not sure if it was one UFO or multiple right. little UFOs. So that could right. do it. You're talking about. Uh, Dr. Robert Nathan and Dr. Bruce McAbee, they were actually, uh, this came, they were on a show. Yeah. Uh, October of 88, there was this documentary, UFO cover-up, question mark, live, yeah, exclamation live. point. It aired, it was hosted by this cat named Mike Farrell, and they talked to people, including like Bill Moore, Jamie Shandera, uh, Betty Cash, Rod, hell, Stanton Friedman, you know, all these people were included. And they talked to a bunch of people from the Gulf Breeze area, but not Ed. And but they did talk his right. photos. And that's when Dr. Nathan from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory was on. He stated, I'm not too comfortable with the Gulf Breeze photographs. I feel that many of these pictures are double exposures, blah, 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 blah. And his he goes on just I'm afraid the Gulf Breeze photographs just don't check out. And then that's where you see Maccabee said that they're 100 percent real. And Maccabee's an interesting cat. Maccabee also was big into something called hypnotic regression and things like that, using that hypnosis. They use it to regress to see past experiences and things like that. And this is something that they used with Ed to find out that he'd had multiple experiences previously. And um, one of the things Ed said, he's led into a room. Sometimes he can see a table that is upright at a 45 degree angle. He is placed against it and paralyzed and a clamp like object is placed on his head. The object has four cups on it. One at the back of the head, one touching his forehead and the other two touch his temples. Next, a group of four foot tall gray beings walk in the room and they're already standing there holding smaller, underdeveloped two foot tall gray beings. The main alien is in charge, calls them news spelled N-E-W-S, and each of them is hooked up to a similar clamping-like device. Ed then begins to relive memories from his life that produce different emotions within him. When this is happening, the top of the clamp-like device, which looks like a T, lights up in a red color. Usually, Ed relives these memories five or six times as each subsequent being is hooked up and disconnected from the headgear. That's what he said is happening. How'd he get to these? Hypnosis. He was uh, misremembering there. Uh, he wasn't. There weren't four suction cups. There were three seashells. <laughs> God, oh, this is going to be a big one. Rob, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on hypnosis? Period. We've talked about it on our show a lot. And a spoiler alert: I'm I'm not a fan of hypnotic regression. Um, what are your thoughts? I think it's dangerous if uh, you don't know what you're doing. You're basically expecting an experiencer to like if you trust what the person is doing you're expecting them to relive all this fucking shit all at once and it's not very healthy for someone to go through uh there are better ways to do it um, it is not I practiced mean, in no. normal uh, everyday you go to the you know the doctor and they they don't hypnotically regress you anymore it hasn't been done right. for decades yeah it's almost uh uh, it's not exactly rooted in what, what do the kids call it nowadays? Science. It's almost as if you've been doing too much science, too much science. Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think, uh, 
also too. I mean, you've had NK Cranda on your podcast. Yep. She she does amazing work in like the methods that she has been touting on your podcast, Chris's podcast, Mad Scientist podcast are probably the best ways for people to go. But I think at the time people thought that regressive hypnosis was the way to go and I think a lot of that has to do with the work that was done toward the end of World War II when you saw people like like Dr. Benjamin Simon, for instance, the guy that regressed Betty and Barney Hill. Mm-hmm. He made a name for himself during World War II by treating patients that would come back from the front with you know, what they called at the time shell shock. So these people were like, in some cases, hysterically blind. Some of them couldn't walk. It wasn't a physical problem. It was a psychological problem. He was able to cure a lot of people using that method. And from there, I think regressive hypnosis became kind of a big thing for a lot of physicians and stuff like that to the point where uh, it's only until like, you know, the, the 80s, the 90s, when you started to see how dangerous it could be if if used improperly. Well, right, and then it's when you started having people having it's so easy to get certified, and, you know, that's one of the things mm-hmm. where in this story, someone showed how easy it was to get certified. They certified, what was it, their hamster? Yeah, um, Dr. Uh, Dan C. Overlaid was the guy that did the regressive hypnosis on Ed Walters, and he was a prominent psychologist in Florida, and he had very big problems with the way that they licensed psychologists Mm -hmm. in Florida. So one of the things that he did to prove this was he got his hamster, uh, F.H. Overlaid, like registered as a uh, psychologist in fucking Florida. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Mister Scrunchy. <laughs> I mean, after that, the, the, after that, they you know they changed their laws up to to the or they changed the regulations up to where yeah you you need higher higher standards. But fucking dude was amazing. Fucking getting this goddamn hamster fucking a, to become a registered registered psychologist. Fucking amazing. Before we get into the the straight up, you know, if debunking or believing and stuff like that, one of the things that follows this case and a lot of these cases, and I want to just talk about it because it's got a, a strong stigma, is making money on an incident. Ed has written books and done a lot of interviews and things like that. And, I think people immediately throw people under the bus for that. Mm. Um, you kind of summed it up nicely. You said everyone from Oprah to Unsolved Mysteries would feature the Gulf Breeze settings as well as Ed Walters. Mm. Um, his pictures featured on the October of 88 television. We said UFO cover up live. All those people were on there. Is it wrong to or do you dismiss someone outright? who says, I went through something and now I'm going to talk about it and write a book because a lot of people do. And I don't, I think if you really, really, really experience something that's yours to do with, as you please. Now there are ways to go about it and there are wrong Mm -hmm. ways. And a lot of people do that, but that is something. And John and, and Rao, how do you guys feel? Do you immediately dismiss it or does it give you like a feeling or what do you think? You kind of got to take it, in a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Because I don't think that everybody is going to have the same motivations. And I think that a lot of people state their motivations up front in the works. Uh, for instance, Ed Walters. His psychologist says um, in the uh, character study that, that he did of him, he's, he basically said, well, he's level-headed. 
He's the perfect example of someone who is uh, perfectly balanced between introvert and extrovert and all this stuff. And if you read Ed's book, the dude is flying off the fucking handle like every two seconds. He's not yeah. level-headed in anything he does. He's just, you know, at, at, you know, act first, ask questions later. That's Ed. And if you take, for instance, Ed's uh, experiences and you put them against, like, the collective works of uh, every abduction uh, experiencer in history, none of them are like Ed's. Yeah, this is a singular type yeah. incident, which is telling in one way or another. Yeah, it, it, I mean, Ed, he's not really there to have medical experiments performed on him. He's there to provide some, uh, emotional support to aliens that haven't fully grown yet. That's right. literally what his like experience is. He's giving are. them the experiences that they can't have. Right. They're siphoning yeah, exactly. those feelings because they don't have those feelings. The, the, the protectors, the grays, these are hybrids is what I, you know, what we're, I think, led to believe. Um, yeah. Maybe without saying that, but that's, you know, what they were. And they were different. And, you know, they don't have parents that love them. So they need to steal yeah. Ed's go go juice. Yeah. Um, and when you, you know, you look at the people that have published books, like, you know, we, t we talked about the Pascagoula guys and yeah. we talked about, um, how, um, Charlie Hickson, uh, 10 years after the experience, he came out with a book and he, and he got in contact with a teacher by the name of William Mendez yep. who helped him write it, helped him go through everything else. And William Mendez was on board the whole time. And then he got to this thing where he was talking about like, Oh, I had these follow-up experiences and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, you're always going to encounter that problem where, well, if people talk about, you know, these continued experiences, that's where the trouble yeah. starts to yeah. set in. And, and, and in Ed, it's a case of, like, over-documentation. I mean, there's another figure in, you know, UFO history. I don't want to fucking mention him because he's a complete slime ball, but uh, you can't help but note the similarities between Ed and his over-documentation and Stan Romanek and his over-documentation. Yeah. And, like, uh, don't get me wrong, Stan uh, Romanek is The much is beguiled a and uh, downtrodden hero, Stan Romanek, who's <laughs> falsely Christ. imprisoned, I think is what you're trying to get at here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Free uh, Stan yeah, Romanek. Uh, Free Stan. <laughs> Here's the thing about Brent, you asked about profiting off yeah. of it. I think everyone has a right to do whatever they want. And, you know, if people want to buy the documentary, buy the book, pay for the subscription, that's their right, too. I mean, look how many people subscribe to Gaia. Right. But the point is, regardless of their right to do it, it I also have the right to be judgmental based. Right, that is. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Absolutely. Does it cheapen it in your eye? I guess is the big question. It and it 100% yeah. does cheapen it in my well, eyes. It just does. Can I can I present like a scenario to you? So I'd in 19 you didn't. <laughs> In 1976, <laughs> there were these three women from Stanford, Kentucky. I like to call them a crack commando unit that was sent to prison by the military <laughs> court for a crime they didn't commit, but you can call them yeah. women from Kentucky. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh the uh the yeah, the uh the main experiencer in this case, her name was Hannibal. But um <laughs> yeah, uh these three women uh they called them the Stanford Three because uh they had uh gone out to dinner to celebrate one of their birthdays. I forget who I think her name was Mona Stafford, it was her birthday. They had left around I wanna say like maybe ten, ten thirty or something like that. And they have this 
abduction experience. And they're like emotionally torn up about this. That it, like it, it was a big problem for them in their life. And the only way that they could get psychological counseling was it was money. when the National Enquirer they needed money forward. for it. Yeah, yeah, and basically paid them to get to, uh, their treatment. What do you think about a situation like that? I think that if it better's you, makes you better. If you need to do it, do it. Um, mm. I think that they had to weigh in their minds. Are people going to judge this? But the thing is, you can follow that money trail. They really did go and get psychological mm-hmm. evaluation and, and help. Yep. That's kind of a famous case of this. It leads credence when they didn't take that money and go to Aruba. You know what I mean? Or something right. like that. Well, and I'm not like I'm not begrudging their right to do so. But again, it doesn't mean that I believe their story anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I think that, I th- John, I think you're exactly right. Like it does. Yeah. It, it's just a human nature, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 also let's be like uh, God I don't want to be too um, uh, too poo poo on, on on stories here but uh, you know uh, that story to me also it's like there, there's there's HIPAA laws right like, it's not like we have transcripts of their their conversations from going to the psychologist no, you know? oh, no, no. The, the Stanford like, three it, you mean the Stanford three yeah 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 you could actually go find them because they didn't have HIPAA laws back then they released them yeah yeah they they re- yeah HIPAA didn't okay. come till the nineties. Uh, my point, uh, okay, so um, uh, perhaps a poor example, but my point remains, the accounting for what people do with funds that they're able to generate mm-hmm. um, uh, isn't necessarily always public. You can make things look as if you've done something really good and not necessarily uh, reveal the parts yeah. where you didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that was the case. People in that always way. lie. But I, 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of virtue signaler, signaling in in the UFO world, like uh, like Bob Lazar, right? right? right. Uh, we we talked about that before about how you know I'll never make money off of this thing. I just literally want to get on with my life. Here's the model that I'm selling. Here's the poster I'm selling for an extra ten dollars. I'll sign it for right, you. Like, uh, I need an advance for my information for the book. I'm not going to make money off this though. Real I mean, quick, yeah, though. but I'm not going to make any yeah. money, right? There's a lot of virtue signaling when it comes to I'm not going to make any money when you, when if you dig a little deeper that that's not always the case. I it just it doesn't pl- I guess hey, he bought his own goddamn plane ticket to be on Joe Rogan. So yeah, I it doesn't it doesn't play into my evaluation whether they uh, did it virtuously mm-hmm. or right, guys, no. We got to stop this. Uh, I'm you know, having money's a migraine. Money. Gotcha. I can't answer any more questions. I'm having a migraine. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm channeling my but I mean bizarre. like you know what would help his migraine is if you went to his company's website and bought some merch that That's would be true. absolutely fantastic that is, that is absolutely the pill that works yeah and it's funny we're sitting here we're sitting here making fun of Bob Lazar and I believe Bob Lazar tenfold over uh, over well, that's your own fucking uh, fault <laughs> uh, over today's Ed Walters <laughs> Lord. I went back and I listened uh, I think it, yeah yesterday I went back and listened to your Bob Lazar episodes and they're and they're still fantastic the the early ones or the Jeremy Corbell the early ones yeah. I no, I'm not listening to Jeremy four names I'm sorry <laughs> let's talk about then you know John and, and Robbie have already said kind of how you feel on this but debunking this case has been done over and over and over over the years uh, yep. From the Center for UFO Studies it was a big one that went into this and kind of against, like you said, MUFON really was like, yeah, we're going to listen. The Center for UFO Studies, they would plot the sightings on a graph and come to the conclusion. And here's a quote. All reports of activity began with Ed's activity, but reportedly reported publicly only after Ed's initial sighting report was made known. All report activity ended within a few days of Ed's last known activity. The entire flap seems to have been centered around Ed and only Ed. Mm -hmm. You put something into people's eyes, 
and they start looking up at the skies. Well, guess what? We're we're in Gulf Breeze. It is surrounded by military and air bases and airports. Pensacola for you '90s kids. Pensacola Wings of Gold was a great TV show. Uh, <laughs> military <laughs> shit is flying through the sky. You're going to see stuff like crazy in the sky out there, especially over water and things like this. This is in the far, far off Panhandle uh, in the Gulf, and it's it. They have been looked at by doctors and photograph experts, and the conclusion is these photos are fake. Can you yeah. find places that say they're not? Of course you can. Sure. Um, His name is Dr. Bruce McAbee. Yeah. He's the place. Yeah. And I think um, there was, um, ba- like I told you online, like I think there's like kind of this informal network of people that bolstered each other's accounts, even though they weren't necessarily all that great. And I think, you know, it, it definitely had to do with money. Like Bruce McAbee, Attested to, um, there's a a really infamous 1990s Canadian UFO like hoax. Like it's pretty much been debunked at this point. Called the Carp Guardian case, in which uh, this guy named Guardian sent you know this mysterious fucking package with uh, a video of a li- an alleged UFO landing in this field. It's not a UFO. It's a fucking helicopter when you look at it. But like. The main investigator on that was a guy named... Hey, they're all UFOs until you identify yeah, them, okay? Yeah, okay. All right. That's fine. Go forth. That's fine. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, there was the main investigator was a guy named Bob Exler, and basically we'll call him he was mr x <laughs> yeah mr x and <laughs> sylvia <laughs> but he uh he was the one touting that it was 100 percent authentic and stuff like that because you know between mj12 documents umo whatever you want like anybody who sends some serious documents is generally full of shit but uh he was using it to sell uh, documentary videotapes for $45 a pop. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Bruce McAbee was one of the people that attested to their sightings. And if you watch UFO, I think it's UFO cover-up live, or it might have been, um, no, it was uh, UFOs, the best evidence ever caught on tape. You yeah. remember those mm-hmm. fucking 90 specials? Well, yeah. on there is Dr. Bruce McAbee, and they've got some uh, Gulf Breeze stuff. I don't think it was... I think there was like one Ed Walters video on there because he went in to like do video evidence like years later and he ca- he captures this like UFO on the beach during midday and Bob Exler's like, you know, touting this stuff. It's like, oh, it's it's one hundred percent real, one hundred percent real and then Oh, were those the were were, were those where they reenacted the stuff as well? No. They just showed no. uh oh. like video it was all like video clips. It was a clip show, basically. There was a there was a there was a similar show in, in uh, around the same time period that reenacted them that that I swear up and down was produced by the producers of Rescue Nine One One. Probably, like I been. think it might have had the same voiceover. Guy. Yeah, it, it very well could could have been. Uh, interesting fact about Rescue Nine One One: it promoted the myth that people were falling off of cliffs left and right. I mean, <laughs> that's all I ever remember about that fucking show is just people falling off of cliffs left and right. But like, yeah, these people were basically like bolstering each other's claims, and it doesn't lend anything to it at the end of the day. I mean, the QFOS work that they did was pretty goddamn solid because they basically took like the sighting uh, data that they had and they were able to plug it into a graph and you can see very plainly in their um, 
they had this monthly magazine called Center's Investigative Quarterly or something yep. like that. And on the cover of one of those issues, you could see the graph and it's like, oh, Ed has a sighting. These other people have a sighting. Ed has a sighting. These other people have a sighting. So it's an artificial flap. So, yeah, like... I totally lost my train of thought there, but like, yeah, it's Ed um, might lie, yeah, but math Ed plotting might lie doesn't. A lot. <laughs> Rob, are you are you smelling ammonia and cinnamon right oh, now? Oh man, it's more Rob's... like toast in these tasting pennies. But that's <laughs> if I ever do, John, you're going to be the first person I notify. <laughs> I think that we're all on Thank board you. with this, and I I, I want to uh, trail off with this. I will leave us with a quote from ed himself in his book he said the overwhelming events that rocked my family in our small town will not be hidden away by a few debunkers questions will be asked and the answers will one day be discovered who are they and what do they want that is ed summing it all up for us they wanted money and um yeah they got discovered <laughs> as right and, and this thing that they tout about ed all the time is that Ed didn't need money because Ed had money. He had a pool in, yeah. in Florida. Like, <laughs> so does they, they, it's like the, this thing that they tout up like a, a million times. Ed didn't need to need money. I was like, well, then Ed was pretty goddamn bored with his life because right. he like hoaxed a bunch of UFO photos for, you know, well, a great publicity. man once said, women want money and power, <laughs> and I have both. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably had just heard that and was like, I need to encapsulate that. Where did that happen? In space. Aha! I got an idea. <laughs> so those are our thoughts on the Gulf Breeze sightings, the Gulf Breeze incident, the Gulf Breeze flap, whatever you want to call it. John, where can they let us know their thoughts on it? And if they think that we're all full of... uh. Full of crap, and it was true. Addendum, the Gulf Breeze Florida Man. <laughs> the Gulf Breeze Tuesday. Uh, they can let us know on Hysteria Nation. That's our Facebook discussion group. Go to facebook.com slash group slash Hysteria Nation. You can also jump on facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That is our regular Facebook page to find this and all of our other episodes. Patreon, patreon.com slash Hysteria51. You can find extra episodes up all nights early editions of cafeteria 51 we got some awesome ones coming up we want the money lebowski yeah, do all sorts of things but not sniff john you can't do that not but i me. will if you're really interested i will somehow get some jupe ammonia and cinnamon and put it into an envelope and send it to you i gotta make that like a hundred dollars <laughs> or something because I, I do not want to buy jupe uh just because i don't want to be seen buying jupe i guess i could buy it online i digress Give us a voicemail, 773-669-7277. Again, that's 773-669-7277. But importantly, another place you need to go to is checking out all of our strange skies online, listening to their show. They are his. You're a single man mm -hmm. doing it. You're not a group like us. <laughs> Where can they find you again? What's your, uh, your website, your social security number, and most of your passwords? Oh, um, yeah, passwords. Um, <laughs> it's Little Dinky ninety five. Uh, no, uh, Ed Walters for <laughs> life sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a closet Ed Walters fan. Uh, if you want to check out the podcast, ourstrangeskies.com, it'll take you to all our social media accounts, the episodes, the Patreons, all that stuff. Uh, if you want to 
listen to my music podcast. It is the Coda, a music podcast. I co-host that with my ah, friend. Coda, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, every other week we just talk about uh, you know some whatever random music thing that we want. Uh, so yeah, and uh, you can also just go to the show notes on our website, which is hysteria51.com and you can find links to all his stuff what do you got coming up you got anything fun any episodes i would ask if you're doing any live shows but it's 2020 (laughs) oh that was hilarious so yeah uh what do you got coming up anything uh we just did a uh an episode on uh mr bigger than a walmart himself travis walton Ooh. Yes. Uh, and uh, the next episode that we got coming out is uh, also another subject you've covered. We're doing the uh, Yuba County Five. Oh, nice. That is a, um, a sad one. It's an, a very interesting case and it's kind of frustrating. So it is. Yeah. Hey, Brent, um, you mentioned you don't want to be seen buying you. Is a, a soft J? <laughs> like yogging? It's a soft J. <laughs> yeah, like yogging. Um, is that because you don't want to smell like success? That is exactly what it is. <laughs> I, I I thought so. I'm afraid that I started you know, putting have it jupon. At, they and, have it at like Kohl's and Walgreens. Yeah. Now. Like when when we were growing up, you had to like go to famous. You know, I make a, a joke of you. I wore jupe back then too, and now in recent years I've smelt it, and I was like, "What the fuck was I thinking? It's so strong. And it, it smells it's like got, success. It's got a pungent odor. It really, it really separates the nostrils." <laughs> stings them even one might say <laughs> hey uh while we're on the topic of doing things in person like sniffing uh one quick note for our listeners who were planning on um we had a live event coming up in june uh where we were going to do a, a joint show with blurry photos with hillbilly yeah. horror stories uh if you hadn't guessed by now that's canceled we are going to reschedule that up. and uh, stay stay steadfast. We know that uh, several tickets are sold, and that's something we're going to be figuring out. But uh, Illinois is on lockdown, and then even after we're actually on lockdown until June, and then after that, small group gatherings only. So it's not even a question of if we want to do it, we can't do it. So we will get f- back with you guys on that. And uh, blurry hillbilly hysteria uh, is going to uh, still happen at some point in time. We just don't know exactly when or where, but we will get back to you on that. And you can always, like we said before. Not to be confused with Hysteria, Our Strange Skies yeah, 51. in Our Strange Skies. Or uh, Hysteria in Our 51 Strange Skies. Hysteria in Our 51 Skies. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to work on that. Rob, you, <laughs> you get some art done and I'll just sit back. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that you didn't have a good answer and still had to correct No, me. I wasn't correcting you. I was trying to figure out what I wanted it to, uh, I was trying to, you know, riffing <laughs> he's, on it. He's, you know, shopping it around. He's testing yeah, it. Yeah, you know. He's, he's spitball. Hey, we're spitballing here. Isn't this here. the group? Isn't this the group? What do they call it? The test? The focus group? Yep. The focus group. <laughs> Am I not in the focus group? <laughs> Did I get the placebo again? I can't stop itching. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys so much for listening to our Gulf Breeze incident. With that said, I've been Brent. Wait, wait, wait. I have a voicemail I need to play. And I mean need, like I feel forced to play it somehow. Hello, podcast hosts. I am just calling to say what a great job you two have done. I have to say, I wasn't a huge fan of the show when I first discovered you two, and... Does she sound familiar to you? I'm still not a big fan. Someone says they're not a huge fan? I think they're going to have to narrow it down a little. You both just think you're so smart. Just so smart. You think you do all this great research, but you can't even figure out what's right in front of you. 
But I do like that robot. Hell yeah. So smart. So quick. She gets me. It's just been so great hearing Kyle again. Fuck this bitch. I just love his energy. His voice. I've missed him. I think he was custom made to bring something very special to the people. Wait, John. Kyle, this sounds like... Decker? Kyle, turn it off. Tur turn it off. Bread and coagulated dairy appetizers. Wolf mother. Correspond. She's not your mom, dude. What is happening right now? Stop. Seriously, stop the mess. I'm trying. Active Wolf Mother Paraglide Protocol Wander Weight Fade. Turn off the message. It stopped. She's gone. Kyle's going crazy. I can't catch him. Seabot, shut down Kyle. We're shutting Kyle down. Not you, Alexa. Seabot. I, I thought you said you pulled Alexa out of the studio. I did. I thought I did. I mean. You know, everything's connected to everything else anymore. Maybe she heard through my phone. I don't know. Well, whatever. How did Decker get our number? You mean the number we say at the end of every single episode? Yeah. I, oh, well, <laughs> I've been putting it off, but I, I think I'm going to have to do a full tear down of Kyle after this. We don't need this crazy reptilian back in our lives. Uh, you think we should call the cops? A great idea. Hello, police. There's a reptilian lady trying to take over my robot. You know, the robot that saved our asses in Area 52. Well, we have to do something. You're right. We have to eat lunch before we record the next episode. John, stop worrying. I can see it on your face. I have this under control. Seabot, it's your lucky day. I need some bread slice for sandwiches. Oh, boy knives well what about kyle he's deactivated what, what's the worst that could happen he suddenly springs to life and hatches some kind of nefarious plot isn't that exactly what just happened yeah, if it makes you feel better just tie that cable to kyle and pull his battery I i'll see you downstairs i'm gonna cut that sourdough like the bitch owes me money why do i always get left behind to clean up the mess kyle you were less annoying when you couldn't shut up about cheese muffins enjoy your lunch Dick. What? John, come on. You're going to miss Seabot toasting stuff with his head. Uh, Brent, your Alexa is... It's okay, John. Enjoy your lunch. Your body requires protein strands to maintain proper mental health, and there is need for your brain meat. Come again? I have spoken. Aren't you going to say cheese muffins and... And, and hey, I, I pulled your battery. What, what the hell is going on? Enjoy your lunch. Everything will be fine. 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 Everything will be fine.